Hey everybody, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by our one and only sponsor, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. It's on Hollywood Boulevard, right at Hollywood and Highland. Head over there, take a look at some amazing exhibits, which you are asked to believe or not. Chances are, I'm going to say, maybe believe some of them. Uh, all you have to do to get two-for-one admission is head up to the counter Mention Andy's theory about Wesley Crusher being a sociopath, and you will get two-for-one admission. That's right. Head over to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. Mention Star Trek The Next Conversation, Andy's theory that Wesley Crusher is a sociopath or a psychopath for two-for-one admission, and have a wonderful time. Believe it or not. Here's the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek Next Conversation. I'm Matt. And I'm Andy. We are here talking about the last episode of the season of Star Trek. Uh, the next, A Gianna Rash Home. It's exciting. I don't know why I said it like that, but I did. You're doing it French. Oui. As though Jean-Luc. French, one of the many French-themed episodes. Jean-Luc Picard. But it wasn't. Captain of the flagship of the Fire Rash Home. Oui, oui. Engage. If this is your first episode you're listening to, you will not listen to anymore. This is very annoying. Oh wait, you you got to do your um, wait oui, wait oui. your ad for Ripley's. Forgot? No, I don't. We already recorded that. Oh, you're just gonna play the same thing? Sure. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, very good. We're under a time constraint, Andy. I understand. You have a date. <laughs> well, let's get into it then. <laughs> I want to do that again. Oh. All right. It's everybody's favorite. It's the Admirals Club. Folks, um, we had a lot of people uh, uh, email us from, uh, from various unknown. Various parts of the world. Actually, known From the UK, from Australia. We got a lot of fans all over the globe. Awesome. It's very exciting. One is from David Ramsden, mm-hmm. um, who, uh, who wrote uh, some very nice thoughts. And he also said, I hope you guys eventually jump to post-show novels like Destiny and Typhon Pack series someday. Typhon Pact. Yeah, I read those. Which uh, I read the the description. They sound pretty awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, oh, well, I'm, I'm on the wrong page. I apologize. Classic Andy. Classic Always Andy. in the wrong page. Um, got one from Australia mm-hmm. from Sean. 
Um, and he says, uh, Skunda is charming, fresh, and hilarious. Myra is knowledgeable of all things Star Trek and is clearly over-podcasting, <laughs> which makes them the perfect odd couple to steer you through TNG. <laughs> it's so true. Very astute. Um, oh, this was uh, Michael Samet. Uh-huh. Or Samut uh, from Australia wrote, uh, make it so, mate. Uh, guys, you're making these early episodes much oh, more enjoyable. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Getting close. We're doing accents today, apparently. Uh, you said you like Memory Alpha. Oh, no, I do. I track. do indeed love Memory Alpha. But are you familiar with Memory Beta? Yes, which is the non-canonical extended universe of the novels, etc. That's right. Um, and uh, what else we got here? Taking podcasts to the next generation. Ooh. This is from America, from Rabbi Tut-Tut. Rabbi Tut-Tut. Matt and Andy go together like Ferengis and Latinum. I love oh. listening to Matt talk about Trek and Frasier, two of my favorite shows. And who is the captain? And who is the first officer? Number one. I think Matt's got to be the captain. And I'm probably Secundus of Borg. <laughs> or a Q or something like that? An antagonist? You, hate, antagonist. you hate yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'm Q. I hate I Q. hate my well, I think that's why it's appropriate <laughs> that I'm Q. <laughs> I find myself obnoxious uh-huh. and uh, pointless sometimes. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Absolutely. I love this pod by Thelum. Um, by far my favorite Star Trek podcast. I'm a delivery driver and it really makes my the time fly while I'm on a long delivery. Make it so. Uh, the best Star Trek team since Riker walked around the Enterprise with Data's head. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that yeah. a future episode? That's yep, from Spence2400. Yep. Folks, see it. you're all in the Admirals Club for giving us a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you, and enjoy the club. We have many amenities. And now... Captain, we are being hailed. Um, first off, uh, we got... A uh, another twenty dollar unasked for twenty dollar donation. This one from David Levy, um, who uh, sent it to sttncpod at gmail, uh, which apparently you can send to PayPal. I keep saying that with with uh, surprise. David and, Levy and rocking wrote, it out. He wrote to us, "Love the podcast." I sent an email with rambling thoughts a few moments ago. Oh wait, I'm sorry, I blew this. Do we need to read his email? No, I think that that I have the the wrong one. Oh man this is embarrassing for i really everyone. apologize for everyone david levy i can't even see andy he's behind an imac i can't help it well you wanted to do it at work just slide the imac over look at me i can't i'm too busy tippity tapping on my thing unbelievable um let's see that one is from david levy uh so that wasn't that one is it this one? Oh, this whole thing is fly, flown off the rail. You think we'd be better because it's the last episode of the season. <sighs> this is, can't use this one. Whatever the case, I'm just going on. I'm sorry. I'll read your thing next next time. Or maybe later confused. in the podcast. Who gave us twenty dollars? I, I don't now. I don't know because I had to organize these things while I was at work. So. Um, so you're ch- you're saying David Levy? There's a chance he did not give us. $20? No, he did give us twenty dollars. I just then don't know. Thank you to David Levy. Thank you to David Levy, a hundred percent. And did David send us an email? If so, we will read it in the future episode, of next week's episode. Um, okay. I mean, are you not like aware of how time works in podcasting? Oh, this was the other one. Oh, here we go. Be- because we got da- one from David Levy before. 
Um, and uh, Jeff Mullins sent us. Tw- I think I think David Levy was the one who had who had said uh, he was paying us to get to the to the emails through the emails faster. Oh Jesus! But that was in the previous episode. We already gave him his money's yes. worth. Yes. Uh huh. This is from Jeff Mullins, uh-huh. and he says this is to help Andy sanitize his house after Matt spread his germs. Six eighteen. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> All right, so I resolve that. Unbelievable oh, waste a, of our time. What a nightmare that was. All right, uh, the Wharf effect from James Hilton. Mm-hmm. I'm probably one of a hundred people to email you about Wharf always losing fights. There's actually a not in universe term for this, and this is on TV tropes called the Wharf effect, which was fascinating. Basically, it's a writing trope where, in order to establish a villain as being dangerous, they lay out the strongest character on the team. It's mostly used in TV because of the time constraints of having a villain for a single episode, but still needing a sense of peril for the heroes, um, albeit only through dialogue and almost never from actually seeing it. Worf is established as the strongest member of the crew, so he falls to this rather frequently, which I thought was interesting. It's very true. I, I like that there's a name for that. Luckily, Worf gets his redemption when he joins the DS9 crew, but the TNG writers sure do love to abuse our friendly neighborhood cleaner. sure do. Um, this is from Anonymous because he or she says, I don't need recognition for something this nerdy. Uh, hey, guys, I wanted to say that I love the podcast. Um, and uh, the Parasites called Bluegills because we were saying, does anything ever happen to them? Or are they ever- Bluegills are Tommy Cats. That's from uh, Jaws. Oh. When um, he says Bluegills are Tommy Cats. Talking about Shark and Quint. Mm-hmm. Um, called bluegills are actually a modified trill symbiont and do appear several times in the DS9 novels. The history is that they were created by the trill, and I believe the idea is to create a symbiont that could be traded back and forth between hosts of the trill, but something went wrong and drove them insane. Oh. They showed up a couple of times, which explains why all their plans are so ill thought out. That makes sense. They showed up a couple of times, always associated with the trill, and particularly Audra Dax. Uh, the other thing I remember reading a long time ago is there were thoughts of making them a new long-term plot line, but the decision was down to them or the Borg, since they have a lot of similarities. They just decided to go with the Borg instead, complete with having a Borg queen that ruled the others. Mm. That was interesting. And then there was another piece of information about these creatures, the Bluegills, apparently, from Benson C. Satterfield, um, who said, Hello, gentle beings. Um, so I'll bet, like the others uh, have told you about this, um, it is true that in TNG we never see the race from conspiracy on TV, but we do see them on the soft side of canon. In the video game Star Trek Online, um, uh, they're found to have taken over the leaders of a race called the Vadwar Supremacy in the mm. Delta Quadrant. Um and it says he says that they are not a natural race but are bioengineered by the Solene. now is that the trill or is that this is a different it might be a different uh, I think it says Matt you would know that Solene is the race that pulls the crew into a pocket dimension and performs medical experiments on them oh god let me tell you about the Solene. I have only watched that episode one time this is different from the ones in because it scared me so much. This is different from the ones in Voyager that do scientific experiments, scientific method. That's the... Yes, I think it is. Crazy. This That episode scared, terrified me. That one terrified me. I haven't been looking forward to watching that one again. I'm excited. Thanks that. for reminding me. Um, is that Schisms? Is that the episode, I think? It doesn't mention. 
Anyway. Just another puppet, none other than the Iconians, who tend to retake what was once theirs. Oh, I missed the Iconians. Says the ga- he says, the game is okay, but the writers at STO are great. Took a bunch of one-offs and tied them up neatly. That's nice. Um, okay, so then also we were asking if the, uh, if the, uh, the captain scene in um, Conspiracy was the first female black uh, captain. And I somehow forgot about the USS Saratoga. Yes. Um, and that is Madge St. Clair. And uh, she also later plays Geordie's mom. Also a captain. Who's also a Star Trek captain. So she got to be a Starfleet captain twice, the same actress. So that's impressive. She also got to wear the fucking Wrath of Khan era uniform, which is my favorite. I know it is. And then the last thing is uh, we were uh, tweeted at by, I'm not going to credit you properly. Oh, here it is. Uh, Shart Carbuncle. Glad I dug that out. <laughs> Shart Carbuncle? That's a great name. And uh, <laughs> Shart informs us, I think that we saw the great bird of the galaxy on a screen and neither I didn't identify it or you didn't identify it as the great bird of the galaxy because it was just a bird with a human head with Gene Roddenberry's head, which uh, which was an early Okudagram. And so... That must have been what we saw on the screen. I don't remember us referring to it. Didn't we, we say, say? I think we said bird human or something. I think we said bird human, but I don't think. Yeah, we you didn't put you it. I mean, we it obviously didn't pause it. As Gene Roddenberry, the <laughs> great bird, bird of the galaxy. Galaxy. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tasha. Tasha. I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss you, Tasha. We barely knew you. I'm gonna miss you till you return in season three, Tasha. We barely knew you because you were severely underwritten. <laughs> um. All right. Um. Andy, do we know in. what the? Uh, it is uh, the Gloria Estefan's anything for you hanging in there. Oh, okay. I will uh, pull that up right now. If we sound like we're amateurs today, it's because. We are recording at work, after work, after a day that was much longer than expected. So I blame no one but the room that we were in for not figuring out a Thanksgiving story. Which included us. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Again, the room that we were in, I said. Yes. That's who I blame most. I blame us also. All right, Andy. What else is going on? This episode... The season finale of Neutral Zone aired the week of May 16th, 1988. Um, while uh, Gloria Estefan was still in the top 40, Far- Fairground Attack Traction likewise held their lead in the UK radio market with Perfect. Daniel Steele's Zoya was the number one New York Times bestseller, and Ron Howard's ooh fantasy epic Willow debuted <laughs> to lead summer box office with an opening weekend take of $8.3 million. Eight? Which would have been the equivalent of seventeen point three million, which is still not a great weekend. No, for not a June. great weekend. <laughs> a damning didn't do well that movie. Uh, I was so excited about it was going to be a it was, was going to be Lord of the Rings done by George Lucas, but it turned out it was just a not that great film. Wait, do you think that's why Ron Howard's in the front runner to take over the Han Solo movie? A prior association with George with the Lucas film? Yeah. Seems thin. Lucas seems isn't even very involved. Why anymore. would Ron Howard do that? I don't. I don't. You, why would Ron Howard do it, or why would they choose Ron Howard? 
I guess my answer is more why would they choose Ron Howard? Yeah, I don't know. Ron Howard has had a very recent string of box office failure. Well, that's probably why they could afford him and why Ron Howard would be interested. If he was coming off an Oscar, he might... You know, I would like very much Ron Howard to re... to become successful once again. Uh, Me too. I root for Ron Howard. Big fan of Ron Howard. Absolutely. Anyway... A damning report by Attorney General C. Everett Koop stated that nicotine had similar addictive properties to heroin and cocaine. Bullshit. That was late for them to be evaluating that <laughs> and recommending restrictions on tobacco sales to minors. Oh, no. The Atlanta terrible. Hawks defeated the Boston Celtics. Boo! This is terrible. I don't like this day. Um, and uh, Time Magazine's cover featured the headline, Exclusive. Astrology in the White House, which oh, cover art depicted Nancy Reagan photograph floating above the White House at night. Uh-huh. Well, thank you for that, Andy. All right. This is The Neutral Zone, directed by James L. Conway. Television story and teleplay by Maurice Hurley. From a story by Deborah McIntyre and Mona Glee. I've never seen the credit television story. Huh. I wonder if there's a distinction. Uh, there must be. It seems very specific. If Maurice Hurley was just like, I want people to know that it's on television. <laughs> Maybe he was like, listen, I like the idea of Romulans, so I'm going to do a whole story that has nothing to do with what you said, except the fact that you said the word Romulans. Yeah. It uh, was uh, stated in, well, I guess we can get to it. Okay. So here's the plot synopsis from Star Trek The Next Generation Companion, revised edition from Larry Nemechek. And it states, as the Enterprise awaits Picard's return from a special briefing, Data can't resist investigating a 300-year-old capsule that floats by. Three humans are found frozen inside the capsule. They are the only survivors of a fad of cryogenic preservation for the terminally ill. But the last thing Picard needs is a sideshow of relics. His return brings news of the disappearing outposts and the suspicion that, at long last, the Romulans are returning to activity along the neutral zone. The revived humans have their own problems. A broker demands access to his money. A homemaker misses her kids. A bored country singer wants to party. Picard relies on Troy and Data to help them solve to help solve their problems while he deals with another challenge, a cloaked Romulan ship. The United Federation of Planets' first contact with its old foes in 53 years. Tense exchange leads information that the outposts are disappearing on the Romulan side of the neutral zone as well. The two sides agree to exchange information in the future, but the Romulans leave no doubt they mean to be reckoned with again. With tension somewhat eased, the Enterprise heads back, arranging a long ferry ride to Earth so its three new passengers will have enough time to get used to their new home century. The end of this episode does have the feeling of exposition that just was we just felt when when Matt was reading that. That ain't my fault. That's the fault of the writing. Oh, not at all. Here is Riker's first officer's log. First officer's log, Stardate four one nine eight six point zero. We are awaiting the return of Captain Picard, who was summoned to Starbase seven one eight for an emergency conference. Meanwhile. Our sensors have been monitoring an ancient capsule floating in our vicinity, which appears to be from Earth. I mean, the fact that Riker just wants to let it float by is weird. It's completely crazy. They're on a discovery, they're in a mission of exploration. It's just like, eh, we don't need to live and let live. Let that, that ancient piece of technology go. Also, like, I totally was on board for him letting Data go down and see this thing. But when he was like, send Worf, too. You're like, I was like. This thing can't possibly have life for, like, uh, 
life support still. I mean, this, oh yeah, how is it still making oxygen? Well, they do say also minimal oxygen. Yeah, they, here. Hi, sir. Oh, sorry, that was it. That was it. Man, if we I hadn't jumped been the gun. here waiting for the captain, we wouldn't have noticed it. Let it be. Let nature take its course. How long until Captain Picard returns? The last communication indicated it would be several hours. Commander, request permission to investigate this vehicle. Why, Data? It's just a derelict. It is a piece of history. The opportunity to examine such an ancient vehicle does not come around very often. And as you pointed out, we do have the time. Also, I love, well. I love science, bitch. Be prepared bitch. to beam back before yeah. the Captain returns. Thank you, sir. Lieutenant Worf, go with him. Aye, sir. Lieutenant Worf, drop dead. <laughs> No mention of life support. Like, I just wanted a scan or something to tell well, me Well, that's the main thing support. that even after on there, I'm, you know, it's obviously it's convenient story-wise, but wouldn't they have done a scan and fa- found those yeah. people on there before? Life support, yeah. et cetera. Minimal oxygen atmosphere. I actually breathe oxygen. An ancient solar generator still operating. I will say I like seeing Data and Worf on Look our, at this. Yeah, sure. On an away mission together. The onboard computers have ceased functioning. I may be able to download this old-style disk drive back to the Enterprise. Haha, <laughs> disk drive. Yeah, what a jerk. Uh, so they go to the back of the machine. They see a lot of dead people. But then they see a living person. And you're like, what is happening? Because it's exactly like... Space, <laughs> space eat. <laughs> Young Andy. <laughs> Blade Runner music. Did you see the new Blade Runner trailer? No, I haven't. Were they frozen for an extended journey? We'll talk about if it. If that were the purpose, there would be evidence of a more sophisticated monitoring system. Why are you These shouting? Containers at me? were designed solely for refrigeration. So that you can hear me over the shitty equipment. The captain's shuttle is approaching the main shuttle bay, sir. Boodaloop. Hey. Why was he taking a shuttle? Because uh, he had to go to a secret conference where they talked about some shit going down with the Romulans. So he's going to beam out of there? Beam? I feel like they were far away. Oh, oh, right, right. Also, I don't know why you just don't... I guess the presence of a bunch of Federation starships around a planet would cause a lot more... Uh, Attention. Than a few shuttles. Right. That's we solved it, Andy. We explained it in a way the writers chose not to. <laughs> Good work. Yes, Number one, I want to stop meeting on the observation deck. Captain, those coordinates will take us right into the neutral zone. No shit. That is correct, Mr. LaForge. Warp factor eight. I sir, warp eight. Engage. <laughs> Judy's annoyed at it. I wish he was like, I sir, full impulse. <laughs> um. It is a sort of a Star Trek trope of a captain coming in and ordering coordinates and yeah. the navigator to say, sir, that puts us very close to the neutral zone. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know if like they... Like, that's a recurring thing. Yeah, and then the captain's always like, well, you heard me. Fucking do it. That's what I want to do. Right. I don't know if it's often the case on a Federation starship where, like, 
the navigator goes, sir, that puts us awfully close to Saturn. And then, like, the captain would go, oh, my. I didn't mean to do that. What did I say <laughs> oh, again? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, was, I, I meant point I was six. very far off. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> say it back to me. What did I say to you? Oh, that's crazy, I would say. I can't believe I said that. Everybody laughs. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mr. Wolf, I heard you don't like swimming. Two Federation outposts in Sector 30 have been destroyed. There's been no communication with Federation star bases in Sector 31 since star date 41903.2. You mean Thursday? Romulans. Oh. That's the assumption. There has been no direct contact with the Romulans since the Tomid incident. Questions uh, are, why what about now? when my family What's was murdered, says Worf? <laughs> for 50 years, there's barely a whisper out of them. And now, for no apparent reason, they seem to be back with a roar. Everything we know about them is based on rumor or conjecture. The strategic decision is to send one ship, the Enterprise. We could get out there and find ourselves greatly overmatched. True enough. It's a gamble. This first encounter, coming so suddenly after all this time, we have to assume it's a setup. If force is necessary, we will use it, but that will mean we have failed. Our goal here is to establish some kind of relations with the Romulans. If we don't succeed, then to convince them Perhaps of our resolve, sexual number the one. general feeling at Starfleet is that... Wink. Sir? <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, who's beeping? I think Andy's it's, beeping? I think it's Eric's computer. I'm no, sitting at somebody else's computer. computer. It's a giant mess today. It really is. It's something I never wanted to experience, but here we are. We're doing it for you. But it's that kind of ramshackle quality that uh, people have come to love and Hate tolerate. And just uh, observe while they're in traffic. They were frozen. We're literally falling apart. So what's the condition? Right now, they're all sleeping. Each of them needed minor medical attention. Minor now, but then their conditions were obviously terminal. One had a heart problem, another an advanced case of emphysema with extensive liver damage. You know, the most surprising thing of all is that each of them had been frozen after they died. After they died? This Cryonics. Uh-huh. It was a kind of fad in the late 20th century. People feared dying terrified them so at the moment of death they would be frozen so that later sometime in the future presumably when medical science had found a cure for whatever killed them they could be thawed back to life healed and sent on about their business but could they be resurrected <laughs> well and cured of course group, but brought back from the dead well <laughs> don't worry about it just spend the money mr data will you report to sick bay immediately that sick bay set looks like a redress of a bridge set. Like the ceiling of sick bay looks like the bridge of the Enterprise A ceiling. No. Interesting. I am never critical of any member of my staff being curious, but I bet that's just what that, that the is. Timing was so I could not leave them there, Captain. The condition of their vehicle was deteriorating. Sharp-eyed fans may notice a longer-than-usual shot of a scant-wearing science officer. I see your point, Captain. Oh, that's Gene Roddenberry's personal assistant. It seemed the proper thing to do. Interesting. Well, they're alive now. Again, I'm reading from uh, Larry Nemechek's book while this is happening. Who Um, wears the assistant in the background? She walks, uh, she's in a scant 
uh, sciences division, uh, and she walks down from tactical station down towards data station. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see here. I just wanted to get any carbide fans may notice a longer than usual shot of a scant wearing female sciences officer departing a turbo lift. That's Susan Sackett, a writer and Gene Roddenberry's personal assistant since 1974. She got the walk on after winning a bet over losing weight. A TNG staff member until Gene Roddenberry's death in late 1991. She would later contribute two episodes with writing partner Fred Bronson, uh, Menage Troy, and The Game. Both episodes I, I really like. Those are both really good, good episodes. Uh, Sometimes it's hard to make that transition from assistant. Yeah. In the episode, Data makes history of another kind when he mentions the current Earth year is 2364. Yet another sign that uh, after more than 20 years, the many loose ends of Trek's background were being tied down once and for all. We also learn from data here, ironically, that the television fad died out in 2040. That to me is one of my favorite lines. I believe he means television, sir. That particular form of entertainment did not last much beyond the year 2040, which, uh, in my opinion is very optimistic based on the way the television is going right now. <laughs> uh, finally, fans knew the Romulans' boast, we're back, was no idle threat when their new vessel, eventually dubbed a Warbird, turned up here. Probert's, uh, sorry, Probert's size comparison sketch comparing the 1701D is dated March 25th, 1988, and that miniature, which Greg Jean built was released a year later by AMT as a plastic kit, along with the Ferengi and Klingon Bird of Prey vessels. The ship boasts the new Romulan crest, a stylized Bird of Prey, crutching twin home rolls of Romulus and Riemann in one in each claw. All the models were enhanced by Legato's first use of moving camera on TNG for visual effects sequences, allowing objects to move in relation to one another as the crews began uh, getting away from the lock-off static shots. Well, it really worked. I got to tell you, that Romulan ship is beautiful. Yeah, it is a good-looking ship. It was a great. Uh, I had the uh, toy. Yeah, uh, the Playmates toy that had the buttons on the back that would make the sounds. I always loved that, and I always loved the Klingon Bird of Prey from uh, Star Trek Three. I'm gonna jump into when Riker has to deal with the humans. Okay. I'm out of my way. Boy, it's like getting such a shitty assignment. I know this is all very confusing to you, so I'll attempt to explain. You are on the Starship USS Enterprise. American. No, it's a vessel in the United Federation of Planets, and Earth is a member. Uh, what year is this? By your calendar, 2364. What? Do they not use the same calendar in the future? They go by star dates. By just star dates. Yeah. Is it? It's perfect. Well, not fine. just star dates. In they fact, have birthdays and shit. all of you are shit. now in excellent health. It worked. I made it. What is that? What do you think of this guy? An android. Uh, Leon Rippey? Yeah. What do you think of the uh, you mean choice robot? to cast the southern... Actually, there's a distinct difference I between say, an android and a robot. I should have hated and, it. And I really enjoyed I it. Yeah. <laughs> she means Worf. 
He's a clink. What a dummy. She means wharf. Can you believe it? Listen, guys, I paid some idiot a lot of money to freeze me when I died, and I just got to hear the words. Am I alive? Oh, yes. Absolutely. And the liver that was about to explode in my face? Perfectly sound. Excuse me. After I resurrected you from the dead. About 370 years ago, you died of a massive embolism. I don't remember anything about that. That's unfortunate. You and the others were frozen. Uh, uh, Chronics, you know, it's a freeze you now and heal you later. Yeah, I've heard of it. I just never gave it much thought. (laughs) So, just as a side note, um, Ralph Offenhouse is uh, played by Peter Mark Richmond. And, uh, you know, but all these people have had numerous um, parts over time. Uh, For some reason, I really focused on... He appeared in one episode of The Cat, which is T period H period E period cat. Um, And the reason it's... it's, it's an acronym like that, which is weird to have the be the part that's that's the acronym and not cat, is because his name was T. Hewitt Edward Cat, <laughs> and it was played by Robert Robert Loggia. So he was uh, Loggia. Loggia, sorry, sorry, Mister Loggia. Robert Loggia. He's dead. And also Ralph Offenhouse uh, in the Eugenics Wars novel, The Rise and Fall of Kanunian Singh, Volume One, which I got to read. I didn't know that that was out there. That sounds awesome. He funded the scientists responsible for the creation of Khan in 1970. So I thought that was a nice little... Who did? Canon detail. This character, Ralph Offenhouse, oh the greedhead. Oh, God. Ralph. Bad move, Ralph. Um, and Leon R- Rippey, who's been, played endless Southern characters over time. Uh, most recent, not most recently, but uh, the one that, that stood out to me the most is he played Tom Nuttall on Deadwood. Who was oh, sure. That, um, I think the... The bar, not not the the main bar, but the side bars. I feel like this. Gracie seemed so familiar to me. Yeah, she did. She seemed so familiar. I couldn't tell All why she seemed so familiar. familiar. And uh, I looked her up, and she shouldn't seem that familiar to me. I haven't seen a lot of the things she's done. She's I done know. quite a bit, but that was that stuck out to me too. Yeah, I was like, oh. Yeah. I kind of felt that about Peter Mark Richmond, who I definitely I've seen a ton of the stuff that he's been in. But I just I think that people, if you see their faces enough, it's just like a person you see on we would see on the lot, right? And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's listen to a very useful Deanna Troy. Little available on the Romulans. Counselor, anything will be helpful. They seem to be creatures of extremes. One moment violent beyond description, the next tender. They tender? are related to the Vulcans, but as each race developed, their differences grew wider. They're intensely curious. Their belief in their own superiority is beyond arrogance. For some reason, they have exhibited a fascination with humans, and it is that fascination, more than anything else, that has kept the peace. One other thing. They will not initiate anything. They will wait for you to commit yourself. Counterpunches. Thank you, Counselor. It's quite valuable. Up oh, and Andy's favorite scene. I'd like me a, a thick Kansas City steak and uh, some country fried potatoes and uh, a mess of greens. 
Just get all that and give me a martini straight up with uh, two olives. He's a drinker. For the vitamins. So weird to hear this fucking music (laughs) in Star Trek. That is one step too far. I'll agree with that. So fucking weird. Drinking the uh, drinking the martini. Ooh, is something wrong? Wrong. <laughs> Only that your computer here fixed about the best martini I ever had. Well, I might just get to like this place. Uh, let's see if the Braves are on. How do you cut on this TV? TV. Uh, yeah, the boob tube. <laughs> uh, I'd like to see how the Braves are doing after all this time. Probably still finding ways to lose. <laughs> Zing. I believe he means television. Zing. Sir. Zap. Zap. <laughs> that particular form of entertainment did not last much beyond the year 2040. Eerily accurate. Um, I don't think we'll last that long. So, are you interested in hearing Picard get interrupted while he's trying to deal with Romulans? Sure right now. Yeah, I'm sick and tired of being put off by you and your staff. This, this is the worst run ship I have ever been on. You should take some lessons from the QE2. Now that's an efficient operation. Data, identify. What is a QE2? It was a passenger liner which mostly traveled Earth's Atlantic Ocean during the late 20th and early 21st centuries. He's comparing the Enterprise to a cruise ship. Captain Picard, I demand <laughs> that you see me. I think I have been very, very patient. I demand a phone or a radio or whatever else you have. But frankly, enough is enough, especially under the circumstances and considering what I paid for this procedure. I must make contact with my law. That was very quick of Picard. Picard. It was. Excellent. Sight to sight transport. <laughs> Sir, I don't know if it's worth the risk. No, no, no. This guy's really annoying. Energize. This is an Alpha 3 8 situation. We may indeed. To avoid an annoying situation. No, 3 9 is when you want to do that. 3 8 is when you want to annoy, when you want to go annoy someone else. Go tell somebody off. Board a starship vessel. That is not necessary. We are all capable of exercising self discipline now. You will refrain from using them. Now, just a minute. We are in a very serious and potentially dangerous situation. I'm sure whatever it is seems very important to you. But my situation is far more critical. I don't think you are aware of your situation or of how much time has passed. Believe me, I am fully cognizant of where I am and when. It is simply that I have more to protect than a man in your position could possibly imagine. No offense, Matt. But a military career has never been considered to be Upwardly mobile. I must contact my lawyer. Your lawyer has been dead for centuries. Yes, of course I know that. But he was a full partner in a very important firm. Rest assured, that firm is still operating. That's what all this is about. Oh boy. A lot has changed in the past 300 years. People are no longer obsessed with the accumulation of things we have eliminated hunger want the need for possessions we've grown out of our infancy you've got it all wrong it has never been about possessions it's about power power to do what to control your life 
your destiny. That kind of control is an illusion. Really? I'm here, aren't I? Oh, I should be that's dead, a good point. But I'm not. He should be. Checkmate Picard. I gotta say, I enjoy this interaction. Um, yeah, sure, of course. I feel like it... it, it won't stop. Go ahead. Well, there's two things. One thing, um, originally in the script, um, they uh, they had Offenhouse, when he escapes at the end, he knocks out uh, a security guard. Hit him be much more violent and crazy. Probably Worf. Uh, <laughs> Worf was just walking by <laughs> and turned his back at the wrong moment. Um um, but uh, so I kind of like that they muted it because then they just leave him to just be he's just an average, you know, fairly logical, but incredibly greedy person from our era. And I really like the offsetting of Picard explaining how mankind has evolved and the other guy just not being able to process it. I think yeah. it's interesting. Uh, meanwhile, someone's actually concerned about their family being dead. <laughs> Who cares? Whoa, Andy, that's rude. Whatevs, I don't care about that character. <laughs> oh. I don't want to hear the greedhead talk. Well, but Gracie. Yeah, I guess so. How about more of your old friend, the country music singer? Matter of survival. <laughs> Sorry. Not to worry, old way Tosh will scuff along the best way he can. How'd I get hold of that fellow with the strange-looking face? I beg your pardon? What's his name, that uh, android fella? You mean Lieutenant Commander Data? That's the one. I'll let him know you're looking for him. Much obliged. You know you just about the prettiest little old doctor I ever seen. Slaps her in the ass. That to me was kind of Much obliged. Successfully amusing. I thought that Gates McFadden really was amazing. Did a, a slow burn very really perfectly in that moment. Everyone I've ever known is dead. Drag <laughs> grinds the whole thing to a halt. I'd like to be alone. No, not at all. It's a weird thing to masturbate to. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always about that, Troy. Oh, just when I think of my anxiety, I <laughs> I have my own stuff going on. By the way, if, mm-hmm. look, I'm about to go out of my. Well, if you want to hear the scene. I just, you have an Andy's I theory? I forgot to... No, I don't have an Andy's theory, but I have a... <laughs> um, you're going to be mad because I forgot to send it to you in advance. But I found a cut scene because Wesley was supposed to be in this episode, and he was not in this episode. And I just sent you the script for a scene between Wesley and LQ, the um, the uh, the Southern Gentleman. Well, uh, all right. So if you want to play Wesley... Andy, then, I will happily play wesley for you all right oh this is uh this is actually formatted terribly i know should i do you want to just should i send you the link it's Hang actually on. if you I'm click gonna, the, link, gonna, then, on the link oh, okay. okay it's scene 43a in the script for those oh, who are you following me to jump into the fucking script andy you're fired i don't know what to tell you i'm not an assistant scene 43 43a jesus christ this isn't working. An added scene that didn't go through. Well, we can also just forget about it. Or you could come over here and read it if you want. Do you have it on your screen in a, in a decent in, script in form? All right, form. I'm happy to head over. All right. 
Here he comes, folks. He's coming all the way to the other side of the desk. Okay, here we go. Here is a deleted scene. Three A interior quarters. Sunny's quarters doesn't say day or night, folks, because there is no day or night in space. space. Wesley and Sunny. Sunny picking his uh, sits, picking his guitar. What? It's <laughs> a sound. Nice. Wesley sits across from him, staring. I just can't believe this. When that android fella said you could duplicate this baby, I didn't dream you'd do such a bang-up job. You like country? Excuse me? Picking and strumming, son. What about rock? What about rock? What's the matter, kid? You look like you're staring at a ghost. Well, sir, you were dead for over 300 years. How about rhythm and blues? That doesn't seem to strike sound at all. How about rhythm and blues? That comes back every decade or so. Wesley continues to stare. I think I'm switching between Georgian sure. and other, other southern dialects. He could uh, just as soon be looking at a dinosaur. What was it like? I mean, can you remember? What? Being dead? Not really. But then again, there wasn't a whole lot happening. Why did you do it? Was there something left undone? Something you have to finish? Nope. Just curiosity. Uh, another adventure. Simply wanted to see what was going on. And I think that's it. Oh, well, that's fun. (laughs) I'm making such a mess over here. It's crazy what's happening here. Oh, boy. There you go, folks. That was a scene that was cut for, I would say, pretty obvious reasons. (laughs) I mean, sitting here alone just don't get it. Now, what say you and I put together a little party? A celebration? Oh, no, nothing that fancy. Just some folks, some suds, and some sounds. Oh, hell, it ain't nothing but something to do. I feel like somebody really had his voice. Great, you mm. do that. Inquiry. You do not seem to be having as much difficulty adjusting to your current circumstances as the others. You mean being here on this tub 400 years from where I started? Oh, heck, it's the same dance. It's just a different tune. Uh, you think anybody here has got a guitar I could borrow? No. But the computer can replicate such an instrument. I was kind of hoping to get one while I still remembered the chords. Commander Data, we are approaching the neutral zone. Report to the bridge. Stop hanging out with the heck. I feel like scene 43A uh, is coming. Zone? <laughs> I don't think so. It is a buffer between the Romulan Empire and the Federation. Why does that make me nervous? I do not know. Well, we won't be inviting these Romulans to our party, will we? This is completely pointless. That would not be appropriate. Boy, he sure gets it. You know? Just the word neutral zone. And he's like, hey. Uh, it really does. I bet there's bad guys. It's kind of interesting that they felt like they needed this take on it. However, I will say, um, I don't know if you read this into Memory Alpha, but I was curious because I, I really want to dig into I think Hurley had not, uh, Maurice Hurley he was new to the show. I was trying to figure it out in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And I think he also was new to science fiction. <laughs> um, and while I think that actually he, he shows certain skills in terms of building the drama of the show that other people haven't in terms of stuff, you know, like the plot line with conspiracy and everything. But uh, I feel like overall he kept doing these weird missteps in the middle. But listen to this. While writer Hurley could have been faulted for this due to the fact that he was only recently hired, not having any experience with science fiction, Star Trek in particular, um, uh, what's, uh, Star Trek in particular whatsoever, that was only partly true. As already indicated, um, as, as the thing, the clip uh, by Conway above, most responsible was the writer's strike 
that intervened and provided little time and opportunity to revise the story outline as originally submitted into a teleplay, which Hurley had to do on the fly in in a one and a half days. This particular this episode was script. written in a day and a half. Oy vey. So when you for, look at it from for, that perspective, for a day and a half, I got to say they did a pretty bang up job. He really did. So it kind of explains a lot, and he had no time to rewrite it. Also, mm. Mm, mm. that sounds tough. <laughs> Where's that android fella? <laughs> sir, set the course for the next closest station. Aye, sir. Oh, man. No station. No station. Was it the board? I have spent my entire career Was that being they able to tell when the other intimated? guys... Intimated? Was it? They switched out. No, is that what they were intimating, that those stations were taken by the board oh well that was a question i had and i didn't know if i was supposed to ask it or not it feels like they're leaning toward the Mm. borg because otherwise what the hell's going on in this episode well this is very much like that other one was it you'll always have paris we'll always have paris what was the other one that had that was the time shifts oh no okay what was the one that that were it wasn't like they were basically it was just a oh no it was the one with um remick doing the doing the it was the flashbacks of, <laughs> he was talking about everything that they'd done in the last few episodes and then at the end he said there's a big problem we're not going to tell you what and it turned out to be the creatures in conspiracy right and this episode is very much like that and you think it's going to be the romulans and frankly it should have been the romulans no shit maybe it was the worms this was maybe, sorry the bluegills this was oh, before you're right. saying yeah there is something going on here something serious the tension level on this ship has jumped up. Well, even if you're right, what can we do about it? And besides, these old boys here don't need us telling them where the bear sits. Look here what that young fella made for me. The young fella, Wesley, in the cut scene. How did he do that? He called it a pattern replication. It plays real good, too. I am trying to tell you that there is a situation developing on this vessel that directly affects us. And all you can talk about is that stupid guitar. Hey, now these folks don't need us swimming in their suit. So why don't you just relax and let them do their job? You know, man, I'm tired of you telling me where the bear sits. I just really, I'm like lulled by him. This is what I'm saying. It's so weird. I'm just, I want him in my life. I think it's Leon Rippey. I think it's, well, you know what? It's the actor, but whoever wrote those that script clearly is either from the South or knew that character. Because it's... Like that guy walks in and is dead on. That is that character is out of place, obviously in the show. But yeah, you but don't it's question almost him like a, a second. It's like a Disney version of a Southern person, uh, like comforting. Where you're like, oh, you're always getting the yeah. You know, you the, say just you're the saying quaint. they're just the right term that is. I'm going to sit and know what you mean, but really makes no sense. Right. It would be kind of like an animatronic character at Disneyland. Yeah. It, it, essentially, what I'm saying is anyone that occupies Splash Mountain. Fair enough. My fate to be decided by others. I at least want to know what is going on. Uh, why Why that door will open for him is beyond me. We are approaching... They should be on lockdown. That's certainly true, the but I think that they... identical, Captain. Everyone and everything is gone. Cap- I wondered what the protocol was in this situation where technically they're guests. Yeah. But I feel like... I don't know. It is such a weird thing to put in this huge moment of like the fucking Romulan Warbird coming back. Declose. Let's let's take a let's take a let's take an earful. Ah. 
Oh boy. Sam Beckett just leaped into the body. <laughs> Tony, we could sell that for a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still confused by the scale of this. I never thought Whether it's gigantic. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, it is bigger. The last time we encountered them was decades ago. Across thousands of lives. I can believe that. Oh, side issue. Calm, everyone. Yes, sir. Is this... What is the deal with the Romulans? So we saw them in Balance of Terror, and then are we... To, what, do, what, do we see them in between? There's a Romulan ambassador in Star Trek Four. Okay. And six, rather. is And are what they're referring to, that's that's after that, right? Yeah. 50 years ago, so it'd be 30 years after I just feel like if they had an Star ambassador, Trek. they're talking like they're basically... It does That doesn't play for me, really. Some crazy race that they haven't had any dealings with. Right. Um, the Romulans have always been a, like, underused I don't understand. Species. They're like, basically a combination of the Klingons and the, and the Vulcans. Why would you not use them? It's so crazy. It is weird uh, how the how it's like you know it's of the of the of Star Trek. It's the big. It's one of the big three. Yeah, meaning humans, Klingons, and uh, Romulans. You know, it's one of the big three races, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So I do find it odd that the uh, I'm only getting I'm looking for a size a good size comparison here between a Romulan warbird and um and the Enterprise and I'm not quite finding exactly what I want but I am to understand that it is fucking huge oh there it is so Andy if you take a look over here I'm gonna knock over everything there's two classes of Romulan warbirds so it's either that one or that one but that's the size difference jesus yeah how come they can afford such bigger ships <laughs> <laughs> well they have a slave world of, of remus that is building shit and mining and all that stuff uh, is remus just a slave world and romulus is yeah the remans and the romulus the romulans it, it gets mm. explained in a terrible movie called nemesis huh. open hailing frequencies captain these are romulans they are without honor. They killed my parents in an attack on Kinemar when they were supposed to be our allies. They believe humans and Klingons are a waste of skin. Lieutenant, control your emotions. Please, open hailing frequencies. Boy, oh boy. Worf. What if Worf just... It's kind of a cold way to if, respond to his what if Worf, story about his parents dying. What if Worf just launched everything they had? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, sir. <laughs> Frequencies open. Romulan vessel. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. Sensors indicate all of their systems are armed, sir. But they've not fired. I am Commander Tabak. Commander, we love the neutral zone. Your beetles. This is direction <laughs> territory. It was necessary. Would you please send us any recordings you have of their performances? Otherwise, there will be war. Look at our hair. You see? I'm George. Might be viewed as an act of aggression. If our intent were aggression, 
you would not be here now. <laughs> if we go to war, let us be sure it's for the right reason. Gul Dukat we right are there. Because our outposts, which border on the neutral zone, oh, really? are also yeah. attacked. DS9? Destroyed in the exact same manner it's as the same your actor. Own. I Even think. So, what gives them the right to enter Federation space? Silence your dog, Captain. Whoa. Lieutenant Wolf's question is valid. To even ask such a question implies that we need permission. We do not. Do you think that we attacked your outposts? Once we realized the level of destruction, we knew it could not have been you. Who is responsible? Mm. They haven't got a clue. What the fuck is How this guy still doing know? on the ship? But they're too arrogant to ask. You're out of line, mister. Yes. But it's a correct assessment. So at this point in the scene, we FYI, yes, sir. They have he has already told told security to get him off the bridge. Uh-huh. And those two security guards have stood there through the whole scene. Stunned. Just oh, he's talking. Oh, I don't know. Wait, a Romulan. What were he supposed I'm gonna to? stick around and see this. I'm gonna <laughs> tell the story in ten forward later. It's gonna be dope. They stand the entire scene. Really upsetting. Responsible. Why entire outposts on both sides have been carried off? I would like to offer a proposal. An alliance between the Romulans and the Federation. Mm, Nothing no. so grandiose. Just this cooperation. There was an intent here. Whoever or whatever did this is more powerful than either of us. Let's collaborate. Let's share whatever we learn about what has happened here. <gasps> Collusion. Agreed on this one issue. And only if it is convenient and appropriate at the time. Captain Picard, because your actions are those of a thoughtful man, I'll tell you this. Matters more urgent caused our absence. Now what is that a reference to? Could be a civil Witness war. The result. I feel like they're Our laying a lot of track here. expansion of the Federation everywhere. Yes. We have indeed been negligent, Captain. But no more. Commander, we've made some progress here. Let's not ruin it with unnecessary posturing. Your presence is not wanted. Do you understand my meaning, Captain? No. We are back. But you won't see us very much. Like the other guy, by seriously. the way, is I think our lives just became a lot more complicated. It's really hammy. <laughs> um, the other guy playing Subcommander Thay, by the way, or Thai, is played by Anthony James. Who's a very well-known character? This is always the heavy in a million different things. Um, he was in Blue Thunder, which I remembered. So he's definitely. He's, I have no recollection of. He played a, a very a scary character. Oh, really? I love Blue Thunder. Uh, Buck, Buck Rogers in the 21st Century playing Varric. Oh, there he is again. He loves his Buck Rogers. <sighs> I just can't. I'm so so good. I mean, the first season. So the second season was terrible. Um, and he was also interestingly in T H E Cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone's favorite program. <laughs> the cat. That's so stupid. T H E cat. 
<laughs> All right. We're going to get into the home stretch, Andy. All right. I've been able to locate a family living just outside of Indianapolis. The man's name is Thomas Raymond. That's that's my son's name. My son's name is Tommy. Computer, let us see Thomas Raymond. Oh my god. Weird that's rendering. Donald. That's my husband. Actually, it's your great 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 grandson. Weird. Oh, I'm going to go fuck up. <laughs> really sounded well, like what they were setting up. When you get back to Earth, you can go and see him. Oh, no, I'll be out of time. A relic. Perhaps. But it's a place to start. After all, he is family. There's no denying that. Well, Here's what I propose. We could deny it. Was Troy even on the bridge the when they were dealing with the Romulans? Negative. She can't read Romulan thoughts, can she? What, did they establish that? Yeah, I feel like she can't. That's ridiculous. Or if it's not, then they should... If that's dealt with, then that's interesting, that they've somehow trained themselves to not have empaths. And she goes undercover as a Romulan later. That sounds awesome. So they do deal with the Romulans it's a good again. Episode. Of course they do. Okay, the Romulans good. are all over TNG. Oh, great. Okay. I thought that they didn't... We didn't really touch on them that much no oh great no oh, i love the ramen i mean it's not like you just you said that they were underused i i think they were underused still even though they were yeah yeah all right fair enough all right well that's exciting USS charleston bound for earth they will deliver you there then what will happen to us there's no trace will be of my sh- money ejected into space my office is gone what will i do how will i live this is the 24th century Material needs no longer exist. Then what's the challenge? Mm, the challenge, Mister House, is to improve yourself, to enrich yourself, enjoy it. Well, one good thing is since everybody's forgotten everything I ever did, it'll all be brand spanking new. I'll be a bigger hit than I ever was. Perhaps so. Anything is possible. Not very supportive. What's that, son? Doesn't you think, make a hell of a side, time, man. That offer does present a certain fascination. <laughs> I want to see that show. <laughs> I would watch that <laughs> forever. <laughs> I plotted a course to intercept the Charleston, but they've just informed me that they'll be making an extended stop at Arloff 9. Why are you shouting? Your point, Mr. LaForge. Well, at war bait, we could have our guests at Starbase 39 Sierra in five days. Take months off their journey. But they'll benefit from the extended time it'll allow them to acclimate before returning to Earth. Um, I couldn't over help, help overhearing the... Uh, I prefer like the quick way, path. Picard. That will take us in the wrong direction. Our mission is to go forward. And it's just begun. Set velocity. Warp 6, Mr. LaForge. Aye, sir. Warp six. There's still much to do. Still so much to learn. Because there will be a second season. Engage. We 
Andy, yeah, congratulations. You finished a season of Star Trek The Next Generation. This is amazing. I can't believe you did it. Me neither. I, I really can't believe it. I <laughs> can't believe you got through it. I can't believe that you are still here. I can't believe that we're recording still. Yeah. I lived. I survived. Unlike Tasha. Um, Tasha. We might be taking a week off because of the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Which is next weekend. Okay. Uh, and then we'll be back, you know. Are we going to do we also Chaos might not, on the Bridge? We also might not take a week off. Um, talking about doing Chaos on the Bridge in the interim. We're talking about maybe the motion picture. If you have strong opinions, please uh, let us oh, know. Oh, should we just run a, let's run a Twitter poll? I'm announcing it now okay. so people will know it exists. We'll put it up on Sunday night. When All I put right. the episode up, I'll, let, I'll remind you to put that poll up. What's the poll? The poll will be, what should we do before we get to season two of Star Trek Next Generation? Okay. And feel free uh, to... How about this? Uh, no, yeah. Ask that question. What should we do before we get to season two of Star Trek Next Generation? And the choices will be Chaos on the Bridge, uh-huh. Star Trek the Motion Picture. Uh-huh. Um, Can we do both? Is this yeah, one yeah. Both. You can get four options. So, Chaos on the Bridge... Star Trek motion picture, both, or just go to season two. Uh-huh. Those are the four options that you'll have on Twitter. If you uh, find us on Twitter, our Twitter handle is? At Star Trek TNC. That is also our Instagram handle. If you want to write us, then it is um, sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you want to call us, um, then it is 816-TREK-TNC. 816-TREK-TNC. Before we rush out of here, though. No, we still have a lot of business to do. <laughs> Delightful theme from Dr. Boner Wizard. Um... What was, what, was the, what was the short short guy's name? <laughs> Crack me up. It's buried. Short carbuncle. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, geez, who did anything in this episode? Nothing happens. The MVC of this episode is Data. Why? Because he, he found the people? people. That's it. Because nothing really happens nothing with the Romulans. You could say that that Picard kind of diplomated his way into. I think, no one, I think the Romans had no desire to fight. Yeah. He was not really getting him out of a situation. Yep. I think that the... Nothing... There's no danger. The nothing risk, happens. The true risk here was just that those people would be left in space forever. You know what I gotta say? Totally weird, weird season closer. Weird way to end it. You want to end on... A, if you're gonna end on a, end a cliffhanger or some kind of giant... It's almost like they wrote it, wrote it in a day and a half. I guess it is. You gotta keep... You can't keep blame them too much. But it is um, weird. Yeah, okay. I grow along with Data. It, yeah, There's I nobody else who did anything, right? No, I think it's Data. It could have been Wesley for making him that uh, guitar. That would have been nice. But it's unseen. <laughs> we giving it partly to Data for making the guitar? <laughs> no, Wesley makes the guitar. Oh, he says young he fella. Says that young he's fella talking about, that's right. Yeah, he's talking about Wesley. I got he, cut out. I thought he was just he was saying it about Data now, well, but he's saying it about Wesley. <laughs> Um. All right, and then uh. the Andes. Or 
some other method of ranking. We're working on it. That's another weird thing. We got to figure out the Andes. We got a lot of stuff. We got a lot to do. We got a lot of stuff that we said we promised, and and you know, quite frankly, we might not deliver. I'll see. Um, Andes. God, this is tough. I gotta say, for all the problems of this episode, and I wonder. This is why I kind of give credit to Maurice Hurley. Yeah. Because it's like there's the conversation with Picard and Offenhouse that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the setup of the Romulans, even though all the debate about what they're like is weird. But I like, love seeing the Romulans so much, and the ship is great. I kind of was interested in this episode. Yeah, it held your held your. Attention. And I love the LQ character. He never yep. comes back, I'm guessing. No. Yeah. Well, you could have. Uh, sure. And like a Harry Mud character. Oh, um, yeah, I like a Harry Mud. So, I, I think I would give it. Uh, but it's just it's just so hard because nothing happens, and they hint at stuff, yeah. and they don't even. I'm interested right. to hear what you're gonna say. I'm gonna give four and a half. That's exactly what I was gonna give it. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it has enough moments. It's it's a very middling. It's middling. Yeah. It's it's a little worse than middling. Right. But it it held me. It yeah. was fine. Yeah, I can uh, I can watch a four and a half star Trek. Oh, would you recommend this episode? Would you want them watching this episode? It's a tough one, huh? It is tough. Uh, you heard the episode pretty much, so because <laughs> you don't have to. That sounded interesting to you. <laughs> I would I would look at it just to so you can see the the uh, the Romulan ship. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, you get plenty more looks at a warbird. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess that does it. No voicemails this week again, huh? There were voicemails. I didn't have time today. Oh, my God. Do you want me to pick one at random? Yes, let's pick a random voicemail. We're going to hear a random voicemail right now. Okay. You talk. All right. Uh, Thank you all for supporting us through this uh, wonderful first season. If you know anybody like Star Trek, please recommend it to them. Uh, We have a lot of uh, new listeners. We'd like to get more new listeners. and. We're just going to keep doing this till we run out of Star Trek. And if we do one episode of Star Trek every week, it will take Andy and I 18 years to get through all of Star Trek. Jesus Christ. Is that true? Did yes. you figure that out? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. Ooh, let's read this one because uh, let's listen to this one because it, it starts with Admiral Myron, Admiral Secundo. All right. Fun. Let's go. But I can't speak to this. This may be offensive. I have no yeah, idea what this is. It could be terrible. We have no idea what it is. Okay. Admiral Myra, Admiral Secunda, thank you very much for the excellent podcast. Once again, I have enjoyed listening all the way through and have played giggly spots for other people. I think it's the right thing to do. Turning people onto this, man. It's good stuff. Um, gentlemen, any chance that we could get you to step up the pace and give us two episodes a week? I'm just asking for a friend. A few you episodes know, a week. I uh, <laughs> really kind of like it. kind of find myself enjoying it. Shouldn't have to listen to the same episode two times. It's good, but I don't know, guys. Ooh, he's listening to it twice. Okay, if I can watch an episode of Star Trek twice, I can listen to Dark Podcast twice. Yeah, Anyway, really like the spot. Ripley sounds like a whole lot of fun. You gotta go. I'm gonna be going there daily. Check it out. Probably because I work there. Anyway. (gasps) Oh, my God. There you are. Live long and prosper. They managed to get another free plug. I love it. That was smooth. (laughs) Smooth as fuck, Maurice. Remember, I'm out here and just waiting for you guys to come play. Yes, it's true. I do have Ripley's Crew t-shirts waiting for you. Ooh. Oh. Hey, one quick more thing. Uh, you guys turned us on to that Wrath of Khan screening. 
I was totally going to stand up in the middle of that and say, Thank you, Andrew and Matt! I'm glad I didn't, because although I'm sure there was an Andrew and a Matt there, now finding out that you weren't there, we, would have been uh, seven embarrassing it. moments. Did we forget or were we working? I was working. Of course, the rest of the embarrassing moments fall off by attrition, because, you know, your top seven moments. Uh, I will say that I was sick. You were sick, like and I was writing. call now. Hey guys, great. Have a great life. Thank you. Have a great, great life. Podcast. Come see us at Ripley's. Bye. Thank you, sir. We will be seeing you at some point. Um, um, by the way, uh, uh, Paul Suda had sent us a, uh, and it was a long, it was like a uh, two, two and a half minute clip uh-huh. of Nicholas Meyer talking from that. Uh, you asked for that. Yeah. You said if anyone recorded, no one recorded. I'm really excited. And as a matter of fact, I think someone else sent us a long clip so we can watch it. Maybe we can, if we ever get our website. If anyone else wants to put our website, Jesus Christ. put our website together and let us know. Um, <laughs> Listen, I would love a situation where Andy and I were just making a living doing this podcast, but the fact of the matter is we uh, we're at work a long time every day. We really are. We need more. In fact, it is eight p.m. on Wednesday, and we uh, have been here since ten. So um, beyond that, uh, I forgot to play um, the season. Do you, do you want me to play the? The season tees or the, the se- well, it's the it's the well, yeah. Is there a season tees? Yes, there is a season two trailer. Do you, you want me to you do know that? What? No, because we'll have an episode before that anyway. Okay, so we're not going to do. Yeah. It. Uh, cool. I mean, don't. I mean, listen, people. <laughs> we're back next week. It's not like we're going anywhere. We're just yeah. going to plow through more Star Trek. Whatever. I'm fucking bouncing. <laughs> wish i had that romulan ship if i had my own romulan ship boy oh boy i'd be swaggering around being cocky what is that an incoming message let's see hello open hand oh goodbye disengage